I can remember that I always wanted to be um, a major league baseball player, like one of the Dodgers. And, and I also admired Joe Namath, the quarterback for the Jets. And then I also, <laughs> I also wanted to be one of the Beatles, too. And I remember that, you know, none of those things happened. Rockville Radio 7.77 is on the web. Each podcast, we bring you interviews and music with a goal of lifting up the name above all names, Jesus, the rock of our salvation. Straight from the Rockville Radio 7.77 studio here in Southern California. Well, well, that's right. I'm, uh, I'm going to try to give you my story today, and um, it, it doesn't start out really well, as, I, as you kind of heard right there. Well, you know, you, uh, it's okay for a person to have dreams, I think, but mine were out there. As I mentioned, professional baseball player, I wanted to be that, professional football player, and uh, also I wanted to be a rock star. Well, none of that happened. <laughs> Eventually, reality took root. I did end up in a rock and roll band in the, uh, it was the early 70s. And right about that time, of course, the band wasn't really going anywhere. We were not setting the world on fire. We didn't, we didn't have a recording contract. So I had to go to work. And, uh, you know, so that my dad, I, I didn't want my, my father looking at me with that uh, look out of the corner of his eye. And I knew that was going to happen because I was already in my 20s. Or I was 20 years old when I actually went to work. At the age of 22, I end up at Cal Poly University in Pomona on the gardening crew. And lo and behold, (laughs) I did not know this was part of God's plan. So I'm going to introduce to you the person who led me to Jesus Christ, Garnett Ferguson. Fergie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. You know, uh, I just got to tell people... Uh, what a great guy you are, and it was great working with you. And I want to just paint the picture so they understand that it was 1976 in, at Cal Poly Pomona. I was a 22-year-old um, groundskeeper who had just been hired. And you know what, Fergie? On day number one, I don't know if you remember this or not, but on the very first day, our boss, Bob Perry, he was the head of landscape services, he uh-huh. he teamed us together, and he right away he had you drive me around the campus. You took me in one of the state vehicles, the truck, and you actually showed me the campus. Do you remember that day, Fergie? I can't recall it, no. But uh, You might tell the audience I'm 82 years of age right now. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, I know that. I know we're talking back there in uh, 1976, yeah. and so, um, yeah, we were both a lot younger then. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I do remember... That he told he told me these were his exact words, Fergie. He said, "Fergie's going to show you the ropes." And and not only did you show me the ropes, you also showed me how to become a Christian. So on day on day one, I met you that day, and I remember that we worked t- together on the gardening crew there. Uh, I think for a total of five years, if I'm not mistaken, because I left in 1981. But uh-huh. you started, you know, right away that first day. I remember you started to ask some questions, and uh, would you tell folks what your background was with the evangelism explosion? So I think a lot of people don't know who Dr. D. James Kennedy was and what what it was to be trained in that program, which is what you were trained, correct? Sure. Well, I guess I should first say, I when I became a Christian myself, one of the first things that I began to pray about was 
that God would show me how to share my faith with others and to talk with others about what he was doing in my life. Uh, what I was frustrated when I came to him, I was so uh, excited about what he was doing in my life. But when I talked with my friends about it, and even family at that time, uh, there there was no communications. They didn't want to hear it, and I felt that maybe that was my fault, that maybe I needed to learn how to share my faith. And uh, I had first asked God to lead me to a church where I could learn to share my faith, and I ended up at uh, First Baptist Pomona. And they were just beginning a program uh, called Evangelism Explosion. And uh, one of the ministers there, Paul Ryan, uh, he uh, mentioned that that they were just beginning uh, after I had gone to talk with him about, uh, you know, who I was and how to get involved in the church. and he mentioned, well, there's a program in the church that we're just beginning where you can learn to share your faith. And he told me what time it started, and that's about all. And then we prayed, and uh, and then it announced in the uh, in the bulletin or even through the pulpit. I can't remember when it was starting and everything. And so I I showed up. Make a long story short there, that's where I learned to share my faith. Timing that God had, I mean, that was right before I got hired at the campus there. Uh-huh. And you, so you were getting this training in evangelism. I get, right. I get hired, uh, you know, I come in, I come in there and you're already, that's already your mindset. That's already what the Lord has called you to do. And I, right. I, I'm not kidding. Day one, and it wasn't. I you know you weren't trying to hit me over the head with a Bible. I want to tell you that what it was was you were asking questions, and then what I noticed too was you were just living it. You were living it out in front of me and the other gardeners there. That's what I remember. Yeah, and I think that's very important. Uh, uh, in fact, I thought it from day one that that if I were going, I believed it to be the truth what I was sharing. But I also knew that I had to, what I call, be without wax. I had to be sincere. Yes. And that is what I focus on. I don't know who, you know, I was being shepherded at the same time by Paul Ryan uh, in that program. But I don't know who actually said, he said that if you, if there's something that you don't know, don't worry about, about not knowing enough about the Bible. Just share your testimony. Yeah, and, and that's what 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 I did, and 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 live it. I knew that I had to live what I was sharing, and you and you did. Trust me, you did because and you, and you can verify this for our listeners, Fergie. Our gardening crew was made up of about I'm thinking it was maybe thirty guys or so. Am I right about that? It was a big, yeah, that's about right. It was a big crew, but there was a lot of drinking, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of guys were supposed to be family men, but what I remember, and I'm uh, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, is that they would talk really bad about their wives behind their wives' backs. And uh, I got the impression that the majority of the men on our on our gardening crew were very unhappy. That's the impression I got. Uh, 
Yeah, and 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 I agree with you. Uh, they, in fact, uh, you know, I I got a kind of kind of a hard time, you know, because I did stick to my guns and sharing my faith and trying to live it. And I was, you know, a lot of them, you know, tried to ridicule me, et cetera, et cetera. But because my faith was in Christ and I knew what that the gospel was the power of God under salvation, that's what I did. I said, just give the gospel and live it, Cap. Yeah, by the way, they used, everybody back here calls me Cap. Yes, I well, I remember, yeah, yeah, because— uh, Cappy, right? Cappy, that's one of your right. names, right? Right. Cappy. Uh, I, and I, I just, if, if, you know, I was always used to calling you Fergie because I guess that's what we called you on the grounds crew. Yeah, correct. Um, so, but, uh, you know, the the thing is that these guys, what, I'm, I was 22 years old, as I mentioned earlier, and so I'm watching this whole, I'm watching the whole thing play out, Fergie. I'm watching mm-hmm. these guys on one side and you... And Guy McDaniel. Guy McDaniel was our foreman, who was the right. other Christian. He was the other professing Christian. Um, I think there was one other one, but you were the only two that I really remember who were professing it, but also the actions were backing up your words. So mm-hmm. what I remember was that you and our foreman, Guy McDaniel, um, would often go to um, at the at Cal Poly Pomona University, Cal Poly University Pomona, on our typical day. We had like a break in the morning, a break in the afternoon, of course, lunch in the middle of the day. But I remember that you guys would go up to the ice cream parlor, the campus ice cream parlor, and the rest of these guys would go to the local bar at lunchtime and get bombed. Yeah, which was downstairs, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they had a uh, they had one bar in the uh, student union called the Blazing Saddle. Yeah. And these guys yeah. would go in there and they would get bombed right during the middle of the day and then go back to work. Well, you guys, yeah. you and Guy, just talking you I'm just talking you two. Mm-hmm. The two of you I remember would go up in the afternoon for the break up to the ice cream parlor. Pretty soon I got the idea that it wasn't going to be safe hanging around with these other guys cuz I I really felt they were going to get fired. Yeah. I started to hang around with you two guys. Uh-huh. But what happened from that point then? Was I remember you were doing you were doing like Bible studies, uh, your own Bible study in your tool room, right at, at, at lunchtime, right? Or, or on my break, or, or on your break. And I remember that you invited me. What happened was as time went on, I didn't come to the Lord right away. I had I had pretty much uh, because of the Catholic background that I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that I shared that with you. I think you, and I'm pretty sure you knew I was a Catholic and everything. Um, and, and right, so, I did. I, I did know that, and someone had told me, you know, with Catholics, you don't really have to share the Word of God with them. What you have to do is let them know that the Word that they're reading is their manual of life, that they need to pay attention to it, read it for themselves, and and uh, follow what what God is telling them out of the out of the Word. Yeah, that's true. And, that's true. Yeah. Because you, because you had me come to the tool room after a while. I mean, it actually took four years for me to actually listen to what the Lord was telling me, and and I'm I just admire so much Fergie that you did not give up on me. I I think had it been me, had had the roles been the other way around, I don't yeah. know that I would have put up with somebody 
who I was witnessing to for four years, and it was not, it was apparently not uh, getting anywhere, but it was because eventually uh, I was actually starting to come to your tool room regularly for the uh, Bible yeah. study. Yeah, there, there's always three people in the conversation. You know, in every situation, there's the sovereignty of God. He's right there with us. And uh, then there's the other person, and then you. And as you dialogue, it's really a trialogue. Yes, yes. Did did you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but did at a certain point, did you ever get to that point where you thought, you know what, I've been witnessing to him for a long time. Is he ever going to, you know, accept the Lord? Did you ever think that about me? No, I really didn't. I, I um, you know, I, we learned in that program, share the faith, share the truth, leave the results to God. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, they had, would have examples that, you know, it might take 20 years, it might take 30, then you might not ever see the fruit of that conversation. But God uses your testimony, and especially when you share the gospel with people and his word or, or the mysteries of Christ, he's going to use it for good to everyone who will open their hearts and their minds to it. And I knew that, and that's what I learned to do. There are people that I'm still praying for right now that I still don't see the fruit, but I know just how my eyes were opened in one brief moment, that their eyes will be opened and their heart will be opened. Yeah, I'm just, and I'm just so grateful because it, as time went on there during the four years that it, uh, you had shared the gospel with me, um, Little by little, it was working because, uh, as I mentioned, I could tell the difference between your testimony and the testimony of those other gardeners because they mm-hmm. didn't have a t- they didn't have a testimony. It was a bad testimony, um, yeah. and I didn't want to. It's eventually, I really it was like the Lord was knocking on my heart, telling me, "Do you want to be with that group of guys, or do you see what I'm doing with Fergie? Do you see how he's a very happy family man? He loves his wife and his family." Um, and he's trying his very hardest here on the campus to set a good example. Um, and you're right. I, I I picked up on that, that there was this opposition from these other guys toward you because they mm-hmm. they I could pick up on that, uh, being that there were, like we said, a lar- it was a very large group of guys, 30-something on the crew. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, your example was what really spoke to me, in addition to the truth of, of the Word of God that you shared when we would get together those times uh, for the small Bible study, it was uh-huh. also just your your actions, Fergie. Um, you invited me yeah. to your church one time to Promona First Baptist. You guys used to have, at Christmas time, you used to have what they called right. the round-the-table carol sings. Correct. And I got invited uh, one year. I don't believe, I, I still don't think I was quite saved yet. It was pretty close to that point, though. And uh, see, I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, it was uh, you. You invited me, you and your wife, and uh, your yeah. family. And I remember we sat there at the county fairgrounds one uh, right before Christmas one year, and uh, I really enjoyed that program. It was the first time I think I had really been brought into a uh, church situation, church situation with a bunch of believers, and uh, uh-huh. looking at Christmas completely different for the first time. Yeah. Um, it was a it, that was another thing that you did that really 
kind of helped me progress forward in, in accepting the Lord. Well, then the, then the moment finally came, and I don't know if you're going to remember this or not, but the moment finally came when I did accept the Lord. And here's how I remember it, and I want to get your take on it, but I'll just, ex- I'll just tell you a little bit about what I remember. We were in the tool room, which uh, we used to do the Bible study occasionally. Well, you, you were doing that regularly, but I would join you occasionally at lunchtime. Um, so this one particular day, I came in there, and uh, you were studying the Bible. And this is by this time, it's 1980, so four years had gone by. Boy, I, was, I, I can't get over that I was so stubborn. Um, I thank, praise the Lord that I didn't have an accident or something like that before that, and something bad happened to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, that particular day, um, you shared with me, and then you said uh, something like, you know, I've been sharing with you for quite some time now, and uh, I really think you ought to make a, a commitment here. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and I was really, I was really uh, taken back, Fergie. I said, uh, mm-hmm. and I actually said, I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And you said, let's close our eyes and we're going to pray uh, the prayer of salvation right now. And uh, and I, you prayed with me, and uh, I, you know, followed along in the prayer with you. And then when we said in Jesus' name, Amen, I opened up my eyes, and I didn't see anything different. Yeah. But was I wrong? I was really wrong. Do, do you remember any of that at all, Fergie? Yes, I do. I um, I remember it, it seems when I remember you knocking on the door and when you came in, I sensed uh, some distraught in you. And and I said to myself, well, now's the time to, to ask um, and to ask you if if uh, if you wanted to receive Christ. Now I don't know. I usually go through, you know, the the, the gospel presentation. You know that that uh, man's a sinner and that uh, God is a loving God, but He's also a wrathful God, and that Christ is the the answer uh, to our dilemma of being a sinner. And also wanting to live forever with him, that he is the answer. And then that it's through faith that you're saved, faith in what he's already done for you. It's not by our works of righteousness or anything. And then I might have said, but faith uh, is, uh, real faith is not merely having an assent, uh, you know, an intellectual assent of God, but it's actually placing your trust in God. And I probably said at that time, have you ever really placed your trust in God? Have you, have you asked for forgiveness for your sins and placed your trust in God? And you 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 more like I know it's something similar to this because you know I've gotten to this point I always hit those points and uh, you you either said no or I'd like to or something to that I said well we can go to God in prayer right now and we can you can tell him just what you've told me that's usually how it has been when I've gotten to that point in in uh, asking people to give their life to Christ. And you said yes. 
And so I probably more than likely said, well, I'm going to go to Christ in prayer or to God in prayer, and I'm going to pray for you first, and then I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer, and you can tell him just what you told me just now. And I know that you did. We went to prayer, to God in prayer. You did. I went through the sinner's prayer. And uh, you told him just, you know, with a sincere heart, and you received Christ. And then I usually, and I, you can you can tell me whether I did or not. I want to know whether I really completed the cycle. I usually, when we finish praying, I usually say, Bill, I mean, I probably said, at least I hope I said this, Bill, Oh, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to share what you've just done with somebody as soon as possible. And the reason why I do that, I want you to begin professing your faith right then with someone else. And I know that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide, you know, from there on. And I might have I more than likely said, please begin by reading your Bible. And pray as you read it. I usually, that's the next two things that I try to do at that time. And and then whatever, I can't remember your response right there, or whether you even remember that part right now. I don't, you know, I don't rem- I don't doubt that you did it because, uh, like you said, of, of everything that uh, was taught you in the evangelism explosion program and what was on your heart as well. I just, mm-hmm. I don't really remember. All I remember was um, that I opened up, I think what happened to me was I uh, was more um, taken in by opening up my eyes and really not seeing anything different, not realizing that the spiritual realm is not what you see, that faith is not what you see. Right. Faith, faith is what happens Inside of you, um, your spirit, God's spirit, actually take take that back. It's God's spirit that it that begins to indwell you. Um, right. And it took me a while, so I don't I don't remember, but I do remember this, and maybe this was a result of what you told me. I do remember this. There was another guy on the gardening crew there, Gordon Gordon Tavares. He worked there. He was a student. I remember him. You know, yeah. He was a strong Christian, and he was right. actually a student worker. Well. Immediately, Gordon got with me like uh, within a few days of that or a few weeks of that of, of me being saved, my mm-hmm. salvation my uh, salvation experience. And um, he started to he and his wife invited me to start going to Calvary Chapel, West Covina, where Raul Reese was. So mm-hmm. immediately, I was uh, on. Well, I don't want to say immediately. No, I don't think it was immediately, but in a short period of time, I eventually got into uh, going to uh, Raul Reese's church there. So I, I don't. I know that somewhere in there, yes, there had to be, like you said. I know you did it. I just probably was probably sidetracked by my um, what I was thinking I was supposed to see. Yeah. Instead of what really happens the way, because I didn't know how God worked, and I'm still, I, and I know I'm still yeah. learning to this day how He works. Right, we all are. <laughs> but I want to tell you this though: um, it was an within a short period of time there was a lawsuit that happened 
between myself and another gardener there. He was uh, mm-hmm. he was in the Rose Garden. I don't know if you remember this or not. Yes, I remember him. So when it, within the enemy comes to attack me right after I get saved, um, within just a matter of months, I guess, there was this lawsuit. And part of it was my fault. It was a practical joke that myself and another groundskeeper we were we were playing on him, which wasn't right. And um, at any rate, I get involved in this lawsuit, and I'm not sure what to do. And my faith was being tested right away. Well, at that point, mm-hmm. I came right back to you, and you said, "We're going to pray about this. This is now now this is your opportunity to see what what really happens here when you really pray, right?" Uh-huh. And we prayed, and uh, my my dad, who was living at the time, was able to contact a local attorney who for a nominal, very minimal fee actually was, the Lord actually used, God used that attorney that my dad had to get me dismissed from this lawsuit, which was like about a $30,000 lawsuit. And so I, I was definitely wrong for being involved in that. But at the same time, it was that opportunity for you to walk me through the steps of prayer and watching God work in a crisis situation for the first time forever. Yeah. And um, so I thank you for that as well. Well, I, you know, I need to share something else with you. I, I've just got insight also. Um, usually what I begin to do immediately I, uh, after, after someone prays, uh, you know, to receive Christ is... I continue, the first prayer that I pray is, is that God, please bring him into good Christian witness and fellowship. Yes. So that he can grow. Surround him with good Christian fellowship. And and that's one of the prayers that I pray. So I see that's exactly what he did with Gordon. Yes, he did. Yes. That's yeah. True. That's right. Because Gordon was very rooted and grounded with uh, Raul Reese's church. And, yeah. and Rawl was the same way. Um, he was very much no nonsense, didn't mince, didn't mince any words, did not water down the gospel whatsoever. And when no. you went into Rawl's church, um, it was all about the Word of God. Yeah. So right and off the bat. that's it. Yes, that's it right there. Right off the bat, I got, I got grounded with him. And, uh, and then I, a few, as the years went by, I have to share with you that I, I wanted to have a life verse as they always say, they say, "Do you have a life verse?" You know, and uh, mm-hmm. so the so several years went by after after the salvation experience. After I got saved, gave my life to Jesus, and uh, you led me to the Lord. Probably about the early '90s, somewhere in there, I, I was going. You know what? What is the one verse that I would really want to? I want that to be. I want that to be about my testimony. My testimony to be about that. And uh, so Matthew six thirty three. Uh, almost probably about 30 years ago, I, I decided, I said, I like that, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And that, mm. that has been my life verse um, all these years. Uh, that's interesting. That's, that's one of my favorite verses too. I use it a lot in testimony with Christians and non-Christians. But uh, let me share you my my uh, life verse. I usually begin my devotions every morning with two verses. One, uh, I personalize them. One is uh, 
I don't even know the 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 handle on that. I don't know which verse it is, but I know what it says. This is the day that the Lord has made, and then I say I'm going to rejoice and be glad within it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I, my next verse is, which I consider my life passage, rather, and that is uh, Philippians 4, uh, 4, 7 through 9, I think it is. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your forbearance be made known to man, for the Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is righteous, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there be any excellence, if there be anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And in those two passages, right there, you have the peace of God and prayer. And then uh, in the other one, you have the God of peace. Amen. I love those verses, Fergie. I love yeah. those. Those are fantastic. And and I want to ask you right now, we're kind of running out of time because uh-huh. we're, we're uh, but I, I want to ask you if you would lead someone right now. I, my prayer has been that you who have been listening to this program today, that there might be somebody who is in that same situation I was in. And um, Fergie, I want to ask you to uh, lead that person in the prayer of salvation right now, should we have somebody right now listening who does not know Jesus? Okay, uh, what I'll do is this. I'm going to say that if there is anyone who is listening right now, I'm going to ask you, first of all, have you ever shared uh, uh, your faith with anyone? If you have, I want you to pray with me. But I want to pray those who have never received Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'm particularly talking to you, that if you really want to live eternally with Christ Jesus in his eternal kingdom forever, and if you're willing to surrender your life to him right now, and remember, God knows your heart. He's not worried about what you're saying in prayer. He's more or less looking at your heart. And this might be the day that he wants you to have eternal life. I'm going to ask both Christians and non-Christians to go with me in prayer just now. Our gracious Heavenly Father, you know every heart that is listening to you just now. You know our conditions. You know whether a person is right with you or not. You know those who may have been right with you and have fallen from grace or out of contact with you. I'm praying especially for them. And now I'm asking any and all of you who want that gift of eternal life and to be assured of it to join me in prayer and say something to this order, remembering he's looking at your heart. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I've never been perfect. I've maybe tried to be good and to live a good life, but I've failed in doing so, and I'm acknowledging now that it is my sin. 
your word tells me, or uh, I'm saying right now, that Christ died for all the sins of the world. And that if anyone will confess that sin to him, he will come into his life and save them. I'm asking any and every one of you who are not certain that you have eternal life to ask Christ to come into your life and save you. Forgive your sins. Renew a right spirit within you and to grant you that gift of eternal life. More than that, I'm asking that you might tell him that you're going to look into his word. You're going to take steps toward getting to know Christ. And the greatest measure that we have on this earth of getting to know Christ is to look to him in his word and to continue to study and ask him to reveal himself and his will to you. If you will do that, his word says that he will save you and you'll live with him forever. In the gracious name of Jesus, Father, we pray these prayers. Please hear them and be open everyone's heart and eyes to what you are doing in their lives. In Christ's name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fergie. And, uh, and Fergie, I want to thank you for being the guest today. To Just a special privilege and honor to be able to interview you Uh a person who gets saved doesn't often get to go back and talk to the person who led them to the Lord and, you know, conduct a uh, program in, in which other people might be able to get saved. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but um, yeah, it's just a blessing well, for you to talk to you today. Well, you've always been a blessing to me, Bill, and, and, I, and I need to say in closing myself that there have been times we've 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 kept in touch over the years, yes. and uh, there have been times when I've been down, and uh, and I've received either a phone call or a letter from you, and it has lifted me out of whatever despair I was in at that time. I, you need to know that that God has used you also in my life. Well, thank thank you, Fergie, and I just. But I just really appreciate so much that it was uh, his doing that he put us together that day, April 1976. Right. He, he put us together that day, and then within the four years in 1980, that he would lead me, that you would lead me to the Lord right there in the tool room that you actually were assigned uh, there at the drama department on the university yeah. campus there at Cal Poly Pomona. So thank Correct. you. Thank you. And uh, you know what? We're going to do another program. I want to do um, another one. That we, we've talked about this before as well, because there's some other things that you're involved in. I would like to get you to come back and do it. So please, please promise that we, uh, it, Lord willing, we, we could do another one. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know me. I procrastinate and I am focused on, you know, uh, you know, I'm at the end of life, and I want to make sure I get my house in order, and that's mainly what I'm I'm focusing on right now. But you know, you I, I, I that's one quality that you have, whether you know it or not, or one strength. Right. You are persistent. Well, <laughs> I I got that from somebody I know named Gurnett Ferguson, 
who, did, who didn't give up after witnessing to me for four years. God bless yeah. you. God bless you, Fergie. All righty. God bless you, too.